This the doc and the deacon, stethoscope and hope, talking everything from poop to the pope. One believing in spiritual miracles, the other believes in moving bowels that are irritable. Two dads, more like two brothers, and they breaking bread like the Last Supper. This show won't get negative feedback, that be like the deacon prescribing a Z-Pack. So don't get it twisted like a Philly pretzel, Foles already told y'all that Philly special. Take notes from the knowledge they're teaching, pay attention, it's the doc and the deacon speaking. Welcome to Doc and the Deacon, a podcast about two dads, one of us believing in the power of science, one of us believing in the power of Jesus, but both of us believing in the power of an ice-cold beer. So today's episode was inspired uh, by my kids. By your kids? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I know what it's going to be about. Let me hear. Um, it, well, it depends on who inspired it. If Kyla inspired it, then it's going to be, uh, let it go, let it go. You know, and, and warm, I love summer and all things warm. It's going to be about Frozen, right? I would not do that to you. Okay. Or like, you know I'm mad at the person who invented Frozen. <laughs> it is not, it's, uh, it, it, you know, it sticks with you. Kind of like, um, like one of those, uh, like a bad disease. <laughs> wow, there we go. It was actually based, uh, I was reading nursery rhymes, which made me think of this. Okay. Little Miss Muffin? No. I'll give it to you. I'll give it Little to you. Little Boy Blue. Yes. Really? No. Uh. <laughs> Georgie Porgy Pudding and Pie. <laughs> you know a lot of them. You do have a lot of children. That's true. Uh, are you actually ready for it? All right, go. Ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. What if we did that while we were actually spinning around? I mean... All right, we're not. Yeah. So... That actually refers to the plague. It was actually written about in, in London, and it's thought to be about um, what is referred to as the Black Plague in the 1300s and has then been referred to as the plague since, or Yersinia pestis. Yersinia pestis? Yes. Yeah, okay, so that's, that's as fun to say as gut microbiome. It is. It is. So Yersinia pestis is a bacterial infection that um, causes different types of infection that is um, actually pretty deadly since it was also referred to as uh, the Black Death. The Black Death. Yeah. Yeah, oh. the Black Death. No joke. So why did they write the nursery rhyme? Well, so we're going to come back to that. Okay. In the 1300s, in like 1340s, a third of Europeans died from the Black Death. And, and how, do we know how it was transmitted? Yeah. Like how people contracted the disease from one person to the next? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Fleas on rats. Fleas on rats? Yes, yes. So like areas that were dirty, areas that weren't clean. There is one version that is thought that actually could be transmitted from respiratory droplets. Okay. And um, it is something that has been worried about being used in the future for, like, a bioterrorism, as, as scary as that sounds. Yeah, I remember reading an article. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of states that have what they call, like, dead laws out there. Okay. And um, the state of Virginia has a dead law that it's illegal to spit on the sidewalk. Hmm. 
And marry your second cousin in Virginia. Yes. <laughs> third is third is okay. Third is okay. It's illegal. I, you might, a second once removed, maybe. Like, if you get a removal in there, I think you're pretty safe no matter what. Okay. But, okay. Well, you know, it's a different, a different episode. Um, but I think it was because, uh, uh, because of the spread of tuberculosis wow. that there were fears that it would be spread that way. And so they, they made a law against spitting on the sidewalk. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, a good law as long as you don't get in a lot of trouble if you do it. You know, I mean, I don't want to... How are you going to play baseball without spitting? Uh, I mean, I think it could be done. I don't know. I think it could be done. So, the plague. Okay. There's three different versions of the plague that you can get. There's three different types of illness that you get from Yersinia pestis. Okay. And the most famous one is the bubonic plague. The bubonic plague? The bubonic plague. Like the baba bubonic plague. Okay. So this starts kind of like the flu. You have fevers, you have chills, you have body aches. But then one of your glands gets swollen and tender and gets really, and, and, and just gets huge. And that is what a bubo is. Is, is a gland or a swollen gland? Um, well, actually, the term bubo is derived from the Greek word for the groin. Okay. And so the groin is actually the most common place it happens. So it'll happen in uh, your inguinal lymph nodes or your axillaries, so the armpit lymph nodes. Or um, actually, it can happen around your elbow and definitely in your neck where you just have this huge lymph node that you know gets tender and and that is the most common type uh, of plague actually 80 percent of people that have had the plague had the bubonic plague oh wow what other kind of what are the other two so uh dengue fever that's not a plague is it (laughs) it it is not a plague it is not a plague but um 20 get what's called uh the septic plague okay which basically means it gets into your bloodstream and your body starts to shut down your heart rate can go up, it can go down, your pressure goes down is the key, and you basically can get organ failure. And prior to um, treatment, back in the 1300s, about 60 to 100% of uh, people died from the plague. From 60 to 100%. Yeah, I know medical science sometimes gives these ranges that's like that a, are ridiculous. That's like a range that's crazy. So, I mean, that reminds me of that guy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Yeah. Right? The panther. Ooh, and it was, yeah, the meteorologist the other day said uh, there was going to be zero to eight inches of snow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I remember when, um, do you remember when the Outback was popular? The restaurant. Yeah. Right, yeah. before we knew what good food was, people would go to the Outback and, um, and they would wait in line. And I'll never forget one time... Uh, we would go after church on Sundays sometimes. That was like a special day. Normally we went to Chili's or like, <laughs> you know, Steve and Nick's. Yeah. But sometimes we would go to the Outback. And, um, and I remember one time we walked in and the waitress was like, there's going to be a, between a 30-minute and two-hour wait for your table. Ooh. And it was like, um, so we're either going to get a table today or tomorrow? I'm really – it seemed like the biggest, broadest range – I've ever heard anybody give I mean, it's, something. It's got to be the worst place to take a girl on a date, right? You're going to get the blooming onion, right? And you're just going to be on fire. Oh, but that dipping sauce is, is legit, though. It is. It I is. used to every time I would go, I'd get a big can of. It's, I did love to get a big Foster's in a can. It made me feel like Steve Irwin. Wow. 
And so the third type that is actually quite rare is the uh, pneumonic plague, like pneumonia. Well, it would have to be rare because you told me 80% of the people got the bubonic plague and 20% of the people got the sepsis plague. So that means that like 0.03% left can get this uh, pneumonic plague. You know, now, it's pneumonic, not mnemonic, not, not M-N-E-M-O-N-I-C, like a, like a mnemonic device. You're saying pneumonic, like P-N-E-U-M-O-N-I-C. I am. Like coughing and fever. And actually, you cough blood, and you actually will like cough your actual lungs out if you get this. And without treatment, the uh, mortality for that is around 100%. Well, that makes me feel bad. Because there are times when I say I'm, I'm coughing my lungs out. Yeah. And I never actually have. There's a lot of exaggerations we use that way. We should do a podcast about that. Well, I, I don't disagree. Um, and you know what? It's one of those things where the plague now, it's very different. I'm very much about like antibiotic stewardship. And I'm always telling you, your kids have a virus or this will go away. Yeah. If you have the plague, I will give you antibiotics 100%. Uh, we are on board. We're, we're trying to be people who usher in that stewardship uh, when it comes to antibiotics. As a family, you know, we really tried to work hard to not have our children build up antibiotic resistances by, you know, if they got an ear infection, it's probably going to go away. Yeah. If they've got strep throat, unless there are additional symptoms that are going along with it, most of the time I'm like, hey, there's a good chance it's going to go away. If after a few days your symptoms get worse, yeah. <laughs> then maybe we'll treat them. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I still am treating strep throat. I will point that out. <laughs> Right? So people do not get rheumatic fever, even though around where we live, uh, the wild type is uh, unlikely for you to get rheumatic fever. Right. Actually, places where it's common to still get rheumatic fever is the outback. Oh. So in Australia, it's even more important, and they're a little bit more aggressive with treatment um, um, for those reasons. Is that what happened to the Tasmanian devil? You think he got rheumatic fever? Mm. Yes. Yeah. It seems like that would be fitting for his personality. He definitely had ADHD. Oh, no question. Yes. Um, but now still about 15% of people that get the plague would die even with antibiotics. So we went from 60 to hundred to 15%. So that's a much great improvement. That's pretty good. That's like a, that's a definitely a better wait time. Yeah. That sounds like, uh, if I was going to the Outback, they would say, I'm going to get a table in 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> you know what? Actually, uh, some of the antibiotics you use are things that I rarely use. Um, streptomycin, tetracyclines. Okay. The quinolones, which is used all the time, um, so like Levaquin would be one of the ones. And one of my, I actually have a favorite antibiotic. Did you know that? I assumed. I mean, you're the doc. I assumed you had a favorite. I antibiotic. have a favorite antibiotic. Uh, let me. Oh, you try to guess. What's my favorite mm-hmm. antibiotic? Man, you got me. I was going to say Levaquin. Uh, I'm going to go. You know why it's not Levaquin? Because I'm 40 and tr- still trying to run around and it increases the chance that you tear. I'm going to go tendon. with doxycycline. Oh, my gosh. You got it. It's doxycycline. Am I right? Yeah, you really are. Did you think I would even come close to There was no chance. That? I did not know that you knew what doxycycline is. I'll tell you why. Because it's, I've been doing this with you, and I actually do research and learn about medical stuff, okay. and so I knew what doxycycline was. So I will tell you why doxycycline is my favorite antibiotic. All right, go ahead. It treats chlamydia, Lyme disease. Great. The plague can be used for malaria prophylaxis, can be used for walking pneumonia, could be used for a sinus infection. So that's great. So if you're prescribing, it's not like one of those things where you prescribe it to someone and they take it and they get it filled at the, at the pharmacy counter and the pharmacist is like, 
Chlamydia, huh? <laughs> uh, it's interesting to me, though, because our, our association with the word plague could not be more different. What do you mean? So the when, plague is a bacterial infection from Yersinia pestis. Yeah, so when I hear the word plague, I think about the ten plagues in Egypt when Moses was trying to get the Israelites out of Egypt and they were under control of the Pharaoh. Mm. So the Israelites had been, had been under the Pharaoh's control. They had been enslaved. And Moses had, had earned favor with the Pharaoh. And then, uh, so he... Had, like, how did he do that? How was he like, Moses is my boy? Like, what did Moses have to do to be like, hey, I got you? Well, you got to remember, when Moses was a baby, he was sent down the river in a basket. And it's an interesting story. Here's the coolest part of the story. Uh, I'll tell you that... I, a lot of uh, biblical scholars may know, but regular but people who don't study the Bible may not even know. I, I think it's one of the coolest parts of the story. So when Moses, everybody knows, I think for the most part, he was put in this basket and shipped down the river. And then because uh, there was a... De- I, would, I would have called DHS. Yes. <laughs> um, there was a decree that the, all the firstborns were going to be killed and, and they were actually trying to kill Moses. And so anyway, Moses got sent down the river and then the Pharaoh's daughter saw the baby in the river and rescued it and fell in love with the baby. Mm. Well, Moses' sister... How old was she? Uh, I don't know. Because she could have been on Teen Mom. The, baby makes, the, the Bible makes us think that maybe she could have been. Okay. Like, probably not the aggressive one. I forget her name, but <laughs> she might have been one of those Teen Moms, right? So then what happens is Moses' sister and his mother, they're Egyptian women. Okay. The sister we didn't put down the river, we That's raised right. her like regular? Yeah, because okay. she was a female. It didn't matter. Okay. Right? Back th- in, this, in the context of this story. And that's uh, many times what they thought women were for procreation and men could rise up and come back and, and haunt or kill leaders. So they were trying to get rid of... Anyway. So the mother and daughter see Pharaoh's daughter and say, Ooh, you found that baby. That's a beautiful baby. You fell in love with it. I'm an Egyptian woman. I happen to have milk in my breast. I can help you feed that baby. So Moses' mother was taken under into the house of the Pharaoh to help raise her own son, who they didn't know was her own son. Wow. How cool is that? I mean, that would be awesome. If she got an Ancestry.com and then yeah. found out it was her own son? No, she knew it was her son. Oh, she did. She knew it was her son, but they didn't know. So she offered her breast milk to them. Wow. And, and they were like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll take it. This baby needs breast milk. You have some. Awesome. It was her own baby. Wow. So anyway, so then later on, years and years later, right, Moses has already, he's killed a dude. Now he's wandered in the desert. Now he's come back and he's going he's gonna to rescue God's people from under the rule of the Pharaoh. And God continues to, to work through him. And, and so he, does, he gets 10 plagues on the Pharaoh. First, he, he turns the water into blood and all the fish in the Nile die and the river smells up. Then, then he has the plague of the frogs, right? Where the Nile is full and overflowing and, and teeming, which I think is an awesome word with frogs. And he doesn't mean French people? No. Okay. Then there's the, the plague of lice and uh, wild animals, diseased livestock, boils. Boils. And- Boil sounds like uh, a little bit like uh, the real plague. Like a real plague, right? Uh, thunderstorms of hail, locusts. You've, have you ever heard of the plague of the locusts? I have not. 
you know, every every year when we get all we get a ton of locusts around here, right? a lot of cicadas. So sometimes I feel like that. And then there was darkness for three days, and then finally there was the death of the firstborn. So which became the first the Passover, right? Right. So everybody, the death of the firstborn, you'd put the the sign, the the blood on the door to prevent your firstborn from being killed, mm. and and that affected Pharaoh. You know what I think that brings us to? Ring around the rosy. Yeah. Pocket full of posies. Ashes, ashes. Yep. So the ring is the red ring around the bubo. Okay. Pocket full of posies was the idea of to get away the stench to use flowers. Oh. Ashes to ashes, we all fall down. That's pretty straightforward. You're going to die. You know, during the Black Plague... I will tell you, I, um, in reading about it, was pretty pleased with what the Pope did. Okay. He granted absolution yeah. to all of those with the plague. Oh. He um, waived the banning of autopsies. So usually the Catholic Church would not allow autopsies, but he allowed for them to try to do some scientific things. So they could learn from it. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. I mean, they didn't figure it out in, in any sort of way. He also condemned attacks against Jewish people. It is really sad, but um, at the time, there were some thoughts that uh, the germ theory of disease had not been around in the 1340s, 1350s when all these people were dying. Yeah. And so there were some thoughts that uh, people were spreading that were very, very untrue, that Jewish people were poisoning and providing the plague. And so he tried to stand up for them. And he also appointed a committee to try to like calculate deaths and put numbers together as to what was going on. And a, and a famous religious guy, um, after he had been exposed to the plague, said, I am waiting among the dead for death to come. Oh, that sounds like, you know, in the Bible and early in Genesis, Noah gets on the ark and he has the, everything on the boat with him. Um, there's a, a version of the Bible when it talks about everything else dying except for Moses and all that was on the ark with him. It says all flesh died that moved upon the earth. Mm. It sounds so absolute, right? It sure does. It sure does. And people did everything to try to not get the plague or to treat it. You know, they bled people out. They used leeches. I've and heard in, of that. In Norway, they had foodless Fridays and shoeless Sundays. Wow. So they would fast on Fridays and not wear shoes on Sundays. Okay. Yeah. yeah the bubonic plague is mentioned in, in 1 Samuel somewhere when it... Like the Philistines capture the ark and they start traveling around with it and then they all get sick and then they return the ark because they think the ark, you know, because they took the ark, they got the plague. So, and it talks about boils and stuff in there too. So that's interesting that it's mentioned that early in time and then in the 1300s and here we are in 2019. Yes. Talking about the plague and then I give you a game about the plague. Oh, oh fun. The Um, plague game. No, the plague game. Yep. So this is called... Two truths and a lie. Um, um, statement number one. Texas is the most common state in the United States to get the plague. Okay. Statement number two. Joan Shakespeare, the sister of a famous poet, died from the plague. And phrase number three. Last year, in the past few years, around seven Americans per year die of the bubonic plague. Two truths and a lie. So we have number one, Texas, Texas. most common state. Yep. Joan Shakespeare. Yep. And, and seven, seven cases per year. per year. Okay. So um, 
Oh, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to take that back. Seven cases per year in the United States diagnosed with the plague. Yeah, okay. Not deaths. So uh, here's what I can tell you. If Texas did it, we'd put a wall around it, whatever. So I, I, don't, I don't think... I think that's a lie. I think Joan Shakespeare died of the plague, and I think that seven Americans per year are diagnosed with the plague. I think that we are in season three, and the deacon has gotten a game right. Holla! Oh, take that victory. Come on. Take your plagueless life and That's enjoy. the way we take it to the house. Take it to the house. Take it to the house. That's the way we take it to the house. So, you know, the key here is dead rodents, rats love filth. And I would tell you, when I was a young man, before I got married, I was filthy. Oh, like, I've I heard stories. I didn't have sheets on my bed. I tried to explain to my wife that my carpet was, didn't need to be vacuumed. Literally... I was one of the dirtiest men alive, and thankfully, we live in a time where I did not get the plague. Now, I am very clean, but Dude, it took a long time. You got a mattress from the side of the road. I didn't have anywhere to sleep. Crazy. I got no shame in my game. Holla. But I would tell you, they bring the plague, and the plague is dangerous, but it is not here much. And we, and we were able to hear stories about how different it is, how it shows up in the Bible, but how we still deal with it now. And either way, when something like that happens, it's, it's important to have something to believe in. You know what you can believe in? The doc is in and the deacon's speaking. Hey, listen, thanks for listening. Uh, we're so thankful to our sponsors. We don't have any, but it was a, I, I'm really excited for what we do. We can say that live. Oh, I'm thankful for doxycycline. Oh, thankful for doxycycline. Thank you to our wonderful team, our beautiful wives. Uh, the music is brought to you by Franchise. We're always produced by the wonderful Tucker Butler. You can check us out on Twitter at Doc Deacon. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Doc and the Deacon. Don't forget to join. Uh, check out our website. We've got some uh, some new blogs up there. DocandTheDeacon.com. You know what I wonder? Like uh, when to franchise? Who's a rapper? He's sitting around listening to episodes. He's like, I mean, how do I rhyme something with doxycycline? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we believe in you, brother. <laughs> yes, yes. If you, can rhyme, if you can find something to rhyme with bubonic, we're ready. Uh, hey, till next time. Peace. Peace. Excellent brain trust to market and brand this. That's set in stone like the Ten Commandments. This show won't be around for infinite years. I think we can all agree on ice cold beers. 100% authentic, you can't fake it Often imitated, but never duplicated So knowledgeable, take a lot of facts And now I'm coming to close it like a Aroldis Chapman